0: There's a, in your mentality, and every single one of us have this, in your mindset, there's a constant stream of words and thoughts that form your paradigm. And this is called an inward narrative. Everyone say an inward narrative. Now your inward narrative, your constant stream of thoughts that repeat themselves every day, your paradigms, the lenses you look through in your mind to see the world. That's your mentality. Your mentality and your inward narrative, they're one and the same. And there's a certain mentality, inward narrative, that's associated with winning. People who are winners share a common mentality, and they congregate together. Whether you're talking about winners in the sports world or the business world, even the church world, the kingdom of God, people who are winners, it's like there's a magnet that pulls them to each other. And it's not about uh, race or gender or socioeconomic class. What causes them to coalesce around each other is the commonality of their mindset or their inward narrative. And as you begin to develop a winning mentality, a winning inward narrative, you'll, you'll learn something that all winners learn very quickly. You have to be very careful who and what you listen to. Uh, your inward narrative is a very fragile thing. It can be manipulated, it can be changed, it can be thrown off course. If you let the wrong information or the wrong voices or the wrong media streams, if you let it into your ears, what you hear regularly affects your inward narrative and your paradigm. And so winners, you know, they become very discriminative who and what they listen to. You can listen to a person speak for just a few moments or you can read someone's writing just a couple of pages and instantly be able to tell whether it's feeding your inward narrative or not. And, you know, the wiser you get, you learn to stop fooling with stuff that's not feeding you. That's a word for somebody. Stop fooling with stuff that's not feeding you. Because it's counterproductive to where you're trying to go. And it's counterproductive to the narrative you're trying to build. And there is a mentality to winning. I was studying this week about the most successful company in the world, the richest company in the world. They just brought all their leaders and all their regional partners from all over the world together. And they had a three-day seminar. And they didn't talk about business processes. And they didn't talk about uh, gains and, and losses and all that. They had everyone come together and they talked about attitude and inward narrative. They talked about how important it is, the way you think. And one of the days, one of the sessions was centered around maintaining your winning narrative, even during times of setbacks and losses. And this is so very difficult to do. Because we tend to be emotional about losses and about down seasons and times when we're cut back. And when we get emotional about it, we allow the losses to affect our inward narrative. And all of a sudden, we identify with our losses. But you should never do that because everybody's going to have losses. It doesn't matter how successful the company is, nobody only posts gains and profits. Every company has losses. No matter how successful the family is, there will be losses. No matter how good your finances are, there will be losses. Losses are normal, but the key and the strategy is not to allow the losses that you encounter, the losses that you go through on the outside to get on the inside and impact your narrative in a negative way not to identify with losing seasons and down seasons and cutbacks knowing I may be going through this now but if I will keep my winning narrative intact I can overcome this and I can rise right back up again and the power is keeping the narrative under control Because just like winning has a pathology, just like success has a pathology, a mindset and a narrative, so does losing. And if you start losing and you get around other people that are losing and everybody that's talking to you is losing and they're talking losing and they're talking down then it's double bad because not only are you down and not only have you had a a loss but your environment is down and everyone speaking into you is down and when you get that far down it's very difficult to get back up again that's why when you go through losses you have to check your environment the best place to go when you're going through losses is to get around people that are winning even if you have to go down to a law office and just sit in the lobby and overhear some lawyers talking about winning big cases or if you have to walk through the medical center and look at all those young medical students that are going higher or if you have to go to neiman marcus can't buy nothing just go try all this stuff on get in an environment where there is winning and there's something popping and there's something happening if you don't got nothing to do and you ain't got nothing on your on your day and you don't have no opportunities and you don't have no open doors don't stay in the bed all day get yourself up out of bed comb your hair put some perfume or cologne on and get out there where something is moving and something is happening because it will help turn the inward narrative around because losing and failure and losses are a pathology that will take you down unless you break it. Yeah. And David understood this. David went through a major loss. His major city was attacked and stolen while all of the men were out at war and their wives and children were taken. All of their goods and their possessions were taken. And David was angry and he was down. He had just suffered a loss, but the problem was not only had he suffered, but all of his men and his war council and his army, they had suffered too. So David was down and they were down. David was down and he had nobody around him to pick him back up. Nobody around him to speak any faith or any life into him. So, what he did was he got out of the negative environment and went and got in a cave by himself. And he began to remind himself of the promises of God and of the goodness of God. And he began to talk himself up. I hope you got at least one person in your life that will talk you up when you are down. But if you don't, you need to go get somewhere by yourself. Go get in your Honda and shut the door and and lock it. everything. And then talk to yourself about the good things that God has done in your life. And remind yourself that you serve an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-capable, almighty God. And that your life will be defined by his presence, not by a down season. Not by some losses, not by some severing of some relationships Your life and your narrative will be shaped by your faith Not what you're going through Now, these things are very practical These These are practical points that apply in any realm But how does it apply in the spirit? Many times in our spiritual lives People of faith, people that believe in God, people that trust God We go through down seasons I know it's not popular in the name it and claim it, blab it and grab it generation and all of the faith talk generation. But you can talk as much faith as you want to talk. If you keep living, you will hit some down seasons. You will hit a health crisis. You'll hit a financial crisis. You will go through some losses. And the challenge is when you go through losses, how do you respond as a believer? now there's a couple of different kinds of losses believers face attacks from the enemy but we don't have to fear attacks from the enemy because jesus said i've given you power over the enemy and greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world and we understand all of that but what do you do when you're doing the best you can you're following god the best you can you are following the word the best you can you're coming to church you're doing the best you can and yet you still face loss after loss after loss Cutback after cutback after cutback. Failure after failure after failure. And you look up and it's not the devil that's holding the pruning shears. It's the Lord. What do you do when God is the one ordering your steps and today he's ordered trouble? And the first thing you have to do with your narrative is because we get so emotional over losses that when we encounter losses we start saying things like, well, I I guess I'm out of the will of God. You know, you start looking through your life, I guess God's displeased with me, or I guess God's judging me, or I guess something's wrong with me. And that's crazy. You need this in your narrative. Let me tell you this. Just because you're in the will of God does not mean that you won't go through trouble. Jesus was in the will of God when he went to the whipping post, the judgment hall, and the cross. Job was in the will of God, and he lost his livestock, lost his houses, lost his kids, lost all his businesses. You can be in the will of God and still suffer setbacks and losses. And yet, and it's just the harsh reality, you can be connected to God like a branch to a vine you can be productive in producing fruit and still go through cutback seasons in your life and the cutback seasons are so difficult because not only do we lose the fruit we lose the time you see vines don't produce all year long you gotta wait on your fruitful season one harvest season in some cases very rare cases there's two okay So you wait all year, you get a little bit of fruit, cut back. Then you wait on the next fruitful season, you get a little bit of fruit, cut back. And not only is there the loss of the fruit, but but you wonder in the back of your mind, I wonder how many more fruit-producing seasons do I have left? One thing I love about God as it pertains to that, in Joel 2.25, God says, not only will i restore the fruit that you lost but i will restore the years the second thing i came to tell you today is you lost some time you lost more than fruit you lost more than people you lost more than stuff you lost more than money you lost some time in 2018. in 2019 god is going to restore the time he's going to redeem the time And he gave me prophetic insight at how it's going to happen. You're going to launch into some things. You're going to start some things. You're going to do some things that would have normally taken more time. But God will supernaturally adjust the time. Considering the time you lost for last year, I'm telling you, 19 is going to be a great year to start something because no matter what you start, it's not going to take you the amount of time to get it done that it takes other people because God will restore the time. Help me encourage somebody, just nudge them next to you and say, He's going to restore the time. As a believer, Number three, you have to get this firm in your heart. This has to be in your narrative. This has to play over and over again, especially when you have losses, that when God allows you to lose something, if the pruning shears were in his hand, when God allows you to lose something, whether it's people, whether it's relationships, whether it's money, whether it's a job, whether it's connections and opportunities and open doors, when God allows you to lose something, he's too faithful of a father. He's too gracious of a father. When God allows you to lose something, he's going to replace it with something better. Oh, I want to tell you that. When God allows you to lose something, he's going to replace it with something better. Next thing I want to tell you is that God is going to do something new in your life. For some, it'll be new opportunities at work. For some, it'll be new relationships and connections. For some, it'll be new dreams and visions for you to tackle. For some, in 2019, I feel this for many of you, it'll be a new house that you take ownership and possession of. For some of you, it is God's will for you to stop renting finally in 2019. 18, it's the last year you're gonna rent. 2019, you need to take the necessary steps and become a home owner. But he's gonna do something new in your life. But in order for God to do something new in your life, some old things had to pass away. Do you hear me? In order for God to add some new things to you, some old things had to be cut off. For the vine, the new fruit would have never come. The more fruit would have never come unless the previous cycle of fruit had been pruned and cut away. And we never shout about it when we're getting the fruit cut away. You don't shout about it until the new comes and you realize, I wouldn't have this over here if he hadn't cut that over there. I want to tell you it's time to stop crying and mourning your losses in 2018. There were some things growing on your vine that couldn't grow any further with you into the next year. You had reached a ceiling of your capacity. So God allowed it to be cut by his mercy and his grace to make room for the new that is coming. I don't know who you are or where you are in this building, but i got to tell you, God is about to do something new. In your life. I don't know where it's coming. I don't know when it's coming. All I know is the year it's coming in. It's coming in 2019. He's gonna do something new in your life, something new in your relationship, something new with your opportunities, something new. New with your life. That's why the old thing was cut. That's why you suffered what you suffered. That's why they left you and walked out. That's why they betrayed you and turned their back. Because God had something new to do in your life. Help me encourage three people. Slap them a high five and say something new is coming. Something new. You're gonna do something new in your life. You say, you say, Why are you talking to me about this now? I'm still bleeding from the cutback. Why are you talking to me about all this good? I mean, I am still literally suffering and hurting from what I just lost. It's because God has a way of talking to you about feeling good when you're feeling bad. He has a way of talking to you about rejoicing when you're going through a season of grieving and mourning because he's the God that calls those things that be not as though they were, because he exists in our future, calling back to our present, telling us what it is about to be. And I'm telling you, the God who holds your future is standing in the next year, telling you it's gonna be better than it was before. I got better things in store for you, I got brighter things in store for you. I got victory in store for you. I got so many things ahead of you. It's time to lift up your hand and get excited, brimming with expectancy over God and what he's about to do new in your life. Gonna do something new in your life. I feel that thing. Gonna do something new in your life. Because God understands the difference between process and purpose. The losses that you have been through, I don't know who I'm talking to, I feel you. The losses that you've been through in 2018 were process. Don't look at the process, look at the purpose. Don't build your narrative around the process you go through. Build your narrative around the purpose. Look at the process and purpose as it pertains to Jesus. The Bible said that Jesus did not enjoy the cross, despising the shame of the cross. Yet, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross knowing, I am not going to stay here. It's just a process. It's just three days out of my life, three days out of my ministry, three days out of my journey. I don't want to go through it. It's grueling, but my purpose demands the process, and I can go through this now because I know I'm not going to forever be stuck here. My narrative's not going to be built around this. I can get through this and overcome this. I get so angry with so many people who who make those those necklaces and posters and emblems with Jesus still on the cross. He was not meant to be depicted on the cross eternally. Christianity is not the religion of a suffering, wimpy Savior. It's the religion of a Savior who did suffer, who did die, who was crucified. But three days later, three days after the process, three days after the pain, our God got up with all power. And you may go through some suffering and you may go through some losses and you may go through some shame. But if the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells within you, he will quicken your mortal body and give you the ability to get right back up with all. Somebody shout power. Somebody shout power! Somebody shout power! But you don't get the power without the process. That's why God took you through the losses that you went through. That's why those doors slam shut in your face. That's why those people that should have been loyal turned their back and walked out on you. It was all according to God's purpose for your life. There was some stuff growing on your branches that didn't have no business growing there. All the nutrients they were sucking, they should have been producing bigger clusters. So God took the suckers off of you to make room for something that would attach to you and actually grow to its full potential oh you need to try your tears oh you need to try your tears if God cut it off it didn't belong there anyway oh you need to try your tears if God shut the door you didn't have no business in that way oh you need to try your tears somebody shout purpose purpose text says that jesus tells the disciples about the cut he said yeah god is gonna cut you oh it's not a popular message to preach everybody sat down on me just then when i said the cynics except carla jesus said god the father gonna cut you I got the organ with me and everything. I still can't get nobody to say amen. It's a hard message to preach. Jesus said, God is going to cut you. Every branch in me that is fruitful, my Father purges it. That... Or to the purpose of making what he purged more fruitful. Now, I don't need to get prophetic with this because this is the Bible. If you were cut in 2018, the Bible right there I just read guarantees that in 2019 you will be more fruitful. Now, you ain't got a reason to shout if you weren't cut. You ain't got a reason to shout if you didn't lose anything. You ain't got a reason to shout if nobody left you. You ain't got a reason to shout if everything was bright and beautiful. But if you went through hell this year, if you lost this year, you got a reason to stand up with faith and expectancy and give God a praise for what you believe is coming. Jesus said in in verse 15 of chapter 15 He said I call you no longer servants but I call you friends because the cutback did more than just position you for more fruit the cutback promoted you in your relationship with God they're going to make me work Sean I said the cutback promoted you in your relationship with God because you you may not admit it but before the cutback came this year you was riding a little high on yourself before the cutback came this year you wasn't praying like you first started when you first got saved. Before the cutback came this year your heart had grown cold to the things of God but there is something about the ministry of suffering. When God lets losses come to our lives suffering will push you back down to your knees saying God I need you like I never have before suffering will make you kind to people. Suffering will make you generous hearted. Suffering will reposition you to a place that you were not before it came. So he said something happened to us through the process of you getting cut. You went from being a servant to being a friend. Now, he said you're concerned about your fruitfulness but I'm concerned about our relationship and when you came to me crying in your pain When you came to me and worshiped me in your difficulty. When you came and stood on my word through your trials and problems. Something happened to us. We got closer. So now the status of our relationship has shifted. We're no longer a master and a servant. Now we're friends. In other words, I took you through some tough stuff and made you bear it. I didn't explain myself. I didn't give you revelation to understand why I was taking you through what I was taking you through. I let them leave you and I didn't even give you someone to console you immediately. I let you sit there by yourself in your pain wondering if you had the ability to survive another day. But through it all you kept serving me and trusting me and praising me and now you're ready for promotion. The fifth thing I came to tell you is 2019 will be a year where you get promoted. Because when your relationship with God gets promoted, your relationship with everything around you gets promoted. When you get blessed with God, you get blessed with everybody else. When you get favored with God, you get favored with men. He said, now you are ready for promotion. He said, I call you no longer servants. I I call you friends. Then he said, the difference between servants... And friends, servants don't know what the masters do. Friends do. In other words, I'm gonna give you insight now on why you had to go through what you went through. I'm gonna show you why I took those people out of your life that you were crying and begging would stay. I'm going to show you why I added those new people to your life that you're still worried about and can't figure out. I'm going to give you the inside scoop. I'm going to give you insight, revelation. I'm going to allow you to see what I'm doing in your life. Because this ain't a servant master thing anymore. Now, now we're friends. Then he says, you did not choose me, I chose you. And I appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. In other words, yeah, the Father took your fruit. But if you allow your narrative to be built on losing fruit, I'll never be able to make you fruitful up to your potential. You can't allow the narrative of what you lost to shape your expectancy for the future. Because even though you lost some things, I've appointed you, I've ordained you that you should go forth and be fruitful. That's his will. He said, I want you to, to be fruitful. I want your finances to be fruitful. I want your health to be Fruitful. I want your opportunities, your relationships, your families to be fruitful. He said, I appointed you. I chose you. You didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you. I ordained you, in other words. My will for you is to be fruitful. But the problem is, the problem with being fruitful is this vine had been fruitful before. And when it was fruitful before, it got cut back. Because there's a pathology, an inward narrative to losing. And if you build your narrative around the losses, God can have canceled the, the losing season. God can have broken the cutback season and positioned you for more and put you in a high place. And when you get the blessing, you'll be blessed, but you won't feel blessed because you'll be sitting there ready for the cutback to come. He can bring new, healthy, beautiful, vibrant relationships and people into your life. But you won't go hug them and embrace them because you remember the pain of the last cutback, the last time you opened up to somebody. And so you can be in a good spot and not know it and not feel it because you developed a negative pathology around one down losing season. But he said no. My will is that you're fruitful, and that this time, your fruit shall remain. Listen, it's a biblical principle. There are some things that once God takes you through it, Ooh, hallelujah. There are some things that once God takes you through it, He will never let you go back through it. Uh, I don't know who I'm talking to. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I tried to read it from the prophet Nahum, he said, I promise you, no matter what you conspire against God and his people, affliction shall not visit the second time. There are some things once you get through, you are through with that thing forever. You may go through some other stuff, but you'll never go through that stuff ever again. You remember brother Joseph, don't you? Joseph was betrayed by his brothers and thrown down into a pit. After the pit, he was sold into slavery. After slavery, he was thrown in a prison. After the prison, he was taken to, to the palace. But the beautiful thing about his story is after he was delivered from the pit, he never went back through it again. After he was delivered from slavery, he never went back through it again. After he was brought out of prison, he never went back to prison again. Because there are some things, once God brings you out of, he will never allow you to go back through that thing ever I'm telling you, there's some stuff in 2018 that you're leaving in 2018 that you will never see that affliction, never see that health crisis, never see that financial crisis, never see that credit card, never see that threat, never. Somebody shout never again. Miriam, ah, yeah. this is for the old church mothers. Miriam is the mother of the tambourine. And the first time she started playing it with great might was when they were walking up from the Red Sea and Pharaoh's army of Egyptian taskmasters was following them. And when God caused that sea to close on those people and Moses got up and he said, The enemies you see today... Moses said, I want you to get a good look at them. He said, the enemies you see today, you will see them no more forever. And I want to give you a chance to take one last look over your shoulder at some of the hell you went through in 2018, some of the abuse you went through, the losses you went through, the neglect you went through, the financial pressure you went through, the health concerns you went through, God sent me here to tell you number six. You're never going to see that thing. Oh, you're never going to see that thing. I don't know what your thing is. You're never going to see that thing ever. him praise right there. You ought to give him praise right there. Like Miriam of old, you ought to watch that sucker drown in this old year before a new year does. You ought to give him praise to never a personal scripture for me because my wife's OBGYN and all of our medical team assured us that we would be in the same situation with Samuel, our second son, as we went through with Levi, our first son. And when we got that report, I pulled out Mr. Nahum. I said, nope. God made me a promise that affliction shall not visit The second time. And I tell you what, excuse me for the graphic nature of the language, but her cervix was held together by that word. Because at the same time Levi was born, 24 weeks, her cervix thinned all the way out. There was no cervix holding the baby in place. There was no reason she shouldn't be in labor. We had to go twice a week and they would check it every single time and they would say, I don't know how. I don't know how the kid's staying in there. There's no cervix left. There was a word holding that back. And I want you to know God has sent his word to hold the same devil back that attacked you this year in 2018. Those same things will never come back again. You'll have some new battles. You'll have some new challenges. You'll have some new losses. But that thing, everybody shout that thing. I want to hear you shout that thing. thing. No, you got to say it like a church. Half my church stayed home today because of the rain. You got to say it loud. Say that thing. thing. Never again. Never again. joy but it does not take root in their heart on that word let's not move on to the next point on that word let's drill that down into the fiber of our being and our narrative that thing God I wish I knew who you were that I came to talk to I wish I knew that thing Never again. The thing that took your breath and shattered your faith and dashed your hopes against a rock, that thing that threw you all the way down, that fear, that anxiety, that depression, that health concern, that relational problem, that D word in your marriage, divorce, that negative thing the enemy used to come against you, that affliction, that difficulty, that stress, that weight, that thing. Spirit of the Lord came me today changed my plans arrested my mind, took my sleep for whoever you are in this room and I don't know what you think about this, I don't know if you're familiar with this kind of worship expression and this kind of preaching style it doesn't matter, the word for you is that thing never again Oh, there'll be some new battles. There'll be some new challenges. There'll be some new reasons to call on God late in the midnight hour. But it won't be. I feel the Holy Spirit ministering to somebody. You ought to lift up your hands if you feel Him. That, that thing. That thing. That. That thing God said never Never again Affliction shall not visit The second time They're going to have to find something new They're going to have to find another challenge They're going to have to find another form of warfare Because that thing will never work Ever, ever Again Number seven, to bring completion to this prophetic word delivered under an apostolic anointing. I'm canceling the cycle of loss. My will for you is to go forth, bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. I'm bringing you to a stable place, a place of ownership. A place of possession. Not a place where you get something, then lose it, then get something, then lose it, then get something, then lose it. Something that remains in your life. And I will add my blessing to your 2019, says the Lord, and there will be fruitfulness. And your fruit, your fruit shall remain. I'm bringing you to still waters. I'm taking you out of the hills of valleys and bringing you to the plains. I'm straightening your path. I'm sending my angels before you to make the crooked path straight. It's interesting when you study the typography of Israel, when the prophet Isaiah said the crooked path straight, he wasn't talking about a horizontal path that had turns to the left and the right israel isn't flat it's the high country it's the hill country and when they talked about the crooked path they weren't talking about it being crooked from a horizontal perspective going left and right zigzagging they were talking about vertical hills and valleys and god said no i'm sending my angel before you and if he has to shout grace grace till the mountain falls flat If the people have to walk around Jericho seven times and shout until the walls fall flat, I'm sending my angel to go before you and make the crooked path. Lift up your hands. May the blessing of the word of Almighty God fall upon you. May every prophetic promise hit the target that it was aimed at today. I thank you, Lord, for an increase of anointing. God, while we're all gathered here today, we pray over our service tomorrow that every person that's anointed with oil and prayed over would walk in divine power and feel your spirit. Lord, let your spirit move through us and in us beginning tomorrow night through the rest of 2019. Let it be a year more Marked with favor and blessing and strength. Work supernatural miracles. Open doors. Make ways where there seems to be no way. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. You say, Pastor, I appreciate the word, I appreciate the prophecy. But here's the thing, I ain't been living right, and I know it. I've been in sin, I've been living in sin, and I know it. And I came in here today filthy. Look back at verse 3 of my context, we already handled that. Jesus said, now you are clean by the word which has been spoken. Paul said, we're washed by the pure water. Of God's Word that the thing that cleanses our soul from sin is not us coming and crying and sops up it somewhere It's allowing the Word of God to penetrate our heart and our soul That's what cleanses you so whether you realize it or not whether you're a sinner or not You've been cleansed while you've been sitting here the Spirit of God hovering around you right now is welcoming you into the kingdom If you confess that Jesus is Lord right now, in fact, if you just lift up both your hands and say Jesus is Lord right now, the Holy Spirit rushes over you. The Holy Spirit moves in and through you. The Holy Spirit washes you. The Holy Spirit makes your way favored and excellent and prosperous in the name of Jesus Christ. Listen, we got to go. Listen. There's not a victim in this room. There's not a victim in this room. I don't care what's happened to you or what's been done to you. Do not allow the narrative of a victim and a loser and a person that's down on their luck and down on life and all that kind of stuff. Don't let that infect your narrative. No, 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 no. We have been made to be more than conquerors. Oh, Jesus, we have been made to be more than conquerors through Jesus who loves us. I speak blessing over you right now. From the balcony to the back door to the floor, I speak blessing over you right now from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. I call you the blessed of the Lord. I call you the confident in God. I call you the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, lenders and not borrowers. In the name of Jesus Christ, I plead the blood over you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. May everything you do, may it be done with the confidence that God is with you and the grace of God encamps round about you in Jesus' name.